Snack Impact. I'm your host, Bobby Ann, and today I'm joined by CEO and co-founder of Eat Your Coffee, Johnny. Johnny, thank you so much for coming to talk about coffee with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you here, and I'm really intrigued to hear more about Eat Your Coffee Bar. Now, we've talked about coffee on the show before, but we've never talked about eating coffee before. So if you could tell us a little bit about what an Eat Your Coffee Bar is. Yeah, it's a novel concept. It's exactly what you'd think. Uh, it's Eat Your Coffee. We, it's like basically a caffeinated snack bar. We have actually a range of products now between bars, bites, and nut butter pouches. But basically, uh, we like to think of it as clean, convenient caffeine. You can take it with you wherever you are have a quick boost when you need it. And the main ingredients are all things you'd find in the pantry, not a laboratory. Think like dates, nut butter, oats, and of course, coffee. So all of our bars have between 65 milligrams to 80 milligrams of caffeine, uh, depending on uh, depending on which one you're having. Well, that sounds exactly what we all need in 2020. We could all use a little boost now and then, especially because everybody's routines is messed up and everybody's figuring things out this year. But you actually have a co-founder, which means that you guys actually came together and started this uh, with two brains on board. But whose idea was it to start a coffee bar rather than, say, starting a coffee shop or an energy drink or something of that nature? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was uh, started because I was basically running late to the class that we were in, uh, you know, 8 a.m. financial accounting class, didn't have time for my breakfast and coffee. And when we were chatting, you know, one of those days, I was like, ah, it'd be so much easier if I could just eat my coffee. And that was the uh, kind of a joke, but we started joking about it a little bit more, started making some of the bars for our friends. We'd sell them in the library at like one or two in the morning. It's just like a, a fun thing to do in between study like sessions and to make a little side money. And uh, eventually we're like, let's, uh, let's take this thing off. We, we entered into like a startup competition on campus too at around that time. And that kind of helped us legitimize it and, and think about what the plan for it could be. And, uh, that's when we kind of decided to move forward with it. Wow. That's awesome. So you guys actually created the bars yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So it was in our freshman year at Northeastern university on Boston. Uh, there was a small like shared kitchen that was like pretty gross, uh, cause people would go in there. Uh, you know, make ramen and other random stuff that you'd expect. And uh, we go in after, clean up, you know, make a few batches, bring over to the study room, see what people thought and kept on iterating there. So yeah, the, the first bars were made in Whitehall at Northeastern. So. Wow. So what was the very first flavor that you guys started with? Uh, it was just a base flavor, just like coffee. Um, so that was like the initial one. And then we made like three others that um, were very different than where our current ones are. We had like a hazelnut mocha we had we had the caramel macchiato which we still have yeah and then like there was a mocha like a chocolate one and then just like classic cappuccino kind of flavor yeah nice so now that you guys have a full menu of flavors do you personally have a go-to flavor that you grab all the time i do i do i love our uh, mocha mint snack bite it's uh so it's a little smaller uh there are no added sugars and it tastes kind of like a thin mint mix so i love thin mints that's my my, my personal favorite yeah, I can fully respect that choice. I love mint and chocolate together, but I have to say my personal favorite is the caramel macchiato. Mm. So I actually bought one of those sample packs that you guys oh, offer nice. before we started today. And the caramel macchiato is so good. Um, one of my actually first food jobs that I ever had was at a Barnes and Noble cafe, totally hooked on caramel macchiatos. And yeah. uh, that was one of the most impressive things I think about your bars is that they actually taste exactly like the drink. 
So the caramel macchiato bar is spot on. Um, I think that's really hard to do when you're trying to recreate a flavor in a different concept, you know, taking a liquid to a solid and trying to keep what that true flavor is. And I think the caramel macchiato definitely hit that on the head. So yes, that's definitely my top favorite, but I can appreciate a chocolate and mint anytime. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it was, that was part of the process. We actually got like drinks from local cafes as we were like tasting them and like we taste, try like try the recipe and like see how far off we were from it. So, you know, glad you appreciate it. Yeah, Thank well, you. you guys have got the recipe down now. So I'm not sure how the first one's turned out, but you've definitely got yeah. it down now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those were a little different. <laughs> so um, you mentioned that each bar actually has an entire cup of coffee's worth of caffeine in it, which is as delicious as your bars are. We're all really here for the caffeine, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. Function is, is at the forefront. And they're actually not just coffee flavored bars. They have real coffee in them, right? Yeah. So we use a fair trade uh, or sorry, direct trade organic coffee. Uh, in all of our, our products. So that's kind of how we try to keep it, keep it whole and natural and uh, not like synthetic caffeine or anything you'd find in like energy drinks or anything like that. That's awesome. And I think that really shows in the product, like how good they are, because you really don't get that like caffeine downer that you usually get <laughs> if you're drinking a lot of espresso or anything like that. Cause mm -hmm. you know, I've had a chance to try a few of the bars and you definitely don't have that downside like you do when you're consuming an excessive amount of coffee as college kids <laughs> do, or any adults that may have these in the, you know, in the break room or wherever they're grabbing them. But as you mentioned, it is real coffee. And that brings us to why you're on the show today and why I wanted to have you come tell us a little bit more about your product. And that is your partnership with Cafe Creole. Yeah. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about who they are? Definitely. Yeah. So Cafe Creole is a great uh, roaster. Uh, they're our most recent roaster. We've had a few over the years, but the, the goal, the central goal for our coffee sourcing is to try to get as close to the, the source as possible. So typically partnering with nonprofits or you know, for-profit social enterprise type organizations that um, you know roast and give back to the farmers themselves. So Cafe Creole is great. It's actually they, at their actual roastery, you know, they employ like formerly incarcerated individuals. You know, the founder himself uh, kind of came from from that and like built this up and created a really amazing organization. Uh, and the great thing about uh, sourcing for them is that they're direct trade, not fair trade. And with direct trade coffee, you actually are able to pay like 300% more than um, what fair trade like kind of requires you to do. So you, you help, you know that you're going to the right farmers, you know that it's being done well, and there's like that core relationship with the people who make it all possible in the supply chain that are typically neglected. Yeah, I love what they do. I think they're a really, really important business to definitely be partnering with because I think what they're doing makes such a difference because they are actually creating long-term solutions for the people in mm -hmm. Haiti and they're, you know, with their farmers and the orphanages that they partner with. Um, they really are creating long-term solutions by creating sustainable employment rather than just putting a Band-Aid on the right now issues, you know, like, exactly. just, you know, donating a couple of meals for people who are in need right now, they actually mm -hmm. create an income. So those people can buy yeah. meals for their families moving forward. So yeah. I love that you guys are partnering with them. Thank you so much for telling us a little bit more about them. But you know, it's as great as it is that you guys are partnering with people like that. Um, there is a flip side to that coin. And that is when you're choosing a more sustainable product like that, a higher quality product, it's more expensive. So as a startup business, why was it important for you guys to choose a higher quality, sustainable ingredients rather than choosing a cheaper product that would have allowed you to gain profits a little quicker? Yeah. So, I mean, we wanted to put in 
what we would want to put into our own bodies. So, uh, you know, from the very beginning, it was just always like, for a while we were 100% organic with our, with our ingredients. We ended up uh, having to make a slight change. We're now 70% organic um, with almond butter prices skyrocketing with droughts in California and other things. So uh, slight adjustments, but generally still all whole, whole food ingredients. That's really just at the, the core of our product because you can go get a, an energy boost from a lot of different things. You know, there's caffeine pills, there's caffeine drinks, there's just normal coffee. So if, why would you choose us if you're not going to, um, you know, get some additional value add that's better for you? Uh, so that's kind of where we wanted it. And that's why we made them in the beginning was because we wanted a better solution for ourselves. And yeah, and since then, we've always tried to make sure that our prices have been accessible as well to like the general population, which is why uh, we launched those snack bites more recently, because they deliver on the caffeine value that, you know, people want, uh, but at a smaller, lower price, you know, format um, helps us kind of bridge the gap from maybe like 249 for a snack bar isn't the, the easiest thing, but a dollar, you know, dollar forty nine, dollar seventy nine is is a little easier to get like a similar value. But at the central piece, it's always quality, and and I think our slogan that says it best is clean, convenient caffeine. Well, it definitely shows you guys made a fantastic choice with that. You know, it's it's not easy for a startup to make that choice. You know, a lot of times it's it's just easier to take the cheaper route at the beginning and then try to adjust when you grow. But I think that you guys are doing it the best way. We've kind of talked about this theme on the show a little bit in prior episodes about how choosing those better quality, sustainably sourced ingredients at the very beginning is something that's ingrained in your business from there on out. And it's so much easier to just make that decision up front than it is to try to change everything that you're doing once you've kind of started the wrong way. Um, so thank you guys for making that choice. I think it's really important for, you know, other companies to see that it's possible to do it from the beginning, especially for people who are thinking about doing a startup like that. So you guys are definitely, definitely someone to look towards if somebody's thinking about starting up their own snack company. And like you mentioned, you have, you have chosen a lot of important boxes to check off for your products. So your bars are vegan, they're kosher, they're gluten-free, non-GMO, you said 70% organic. So while we're on the topic of sustainability, why was it important to check off that sustainability box as well when you've got all of these other boxes already checked? Yeah. So I think there's just a piece of it that you want like every aspect of your organization to be as good as possible. And we know like with the single use, you know, product like a bar, it's not always the most sustainable thing. So if there's other way that we can offset that um, in other ways, you know, we will. Because um, like the wrapper, you know, we, for everything at our facility, we send to Tetra Pak uh, to be properly recycled, but we know that's not happening for all of our consumers, but we still try to use as much like supplies, like our, our, our boxes are all post-consumer recycled boxes. And I think it's just something that was central to us and get something you were getting to a bit before. It's like when you start out, you need it to be ingrained in the business from the very beginning because you're not going to make those adjustments later. And we knew we didn't want to just put another product out in the world that was, you know, just going to create more waste or just be there to, for the sake of being there. We wanted to, to actually do something different. So, yeah, I guess that was part of the, the initial part of it all was trying to make sure that that was all central. It's definitely important decisions to make. And, and actually... Thank you for bringing those other points up because I didn't know that you guys were involved with TerraCycle and things like that. For those listeners who may not have heard of TerraCycle, can you explain that a little bit? Yes, TerraCycle is great. It's actually uh, the founder of it's a cool guy. He um, he like started this a while ago for all the different like wrappers and plastic waste that wasn't easily recyclable. 
Uh, and he's actually gone on to start this other thing um, called uh, Loop Loop Stores, which is like a zero waste e-commerce. So he's really just against like waste and increasing sustainability and all this kind of stuff. So uh, this uh, TerraCycles is kind of, if you like have waste that isn't properly recyclable through normal channels, you can kind of ship it to them and then they'll they'll take care of it for you. Um, and so they'll like, you know, take apart the plies of, of the wrappers that, you know, we need for uh, shelf life and everything, and then make sure that each component goes into its right spot and clean it and then, you know, properly recycle it or um, whatever they need to do with it. Um, and then Loop is a, a cool initiative that they're doing now with partnering with a lot of large organizations who maybe not the most sustainable, but helping them down that path of uh, becoming more sustainable with like a zero waste option for, for the customers. That's really cool. I'm so glad to hear that you guys are involved with that, um, you know, because candy wrappers and things like that, it really is hard to try to figure out what to do with them afterwards, especially if you're going out of your way to do all of this research to find a healthy snack. And then you have the flip side of it where you're like, okay, I have the snack, but now I've got all this waste. Um, Those really are for those areas that, I mean, we have listeners from all over the country. Some areas of those countries don't even have recycling. Um, Mm -hmm. In some areas, like everybody recycles. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, but for those areas, that do are very familiar with recycling, those thin wrappers, plastic bags, um, anything of that nature are so, so difficult to recycle. Um, so I'm really glad that you guys are, are doing that because that just is another awesome box for you guys. And, you know, for those who are listening, who are hearing about you for the first time, just keep that in mind. You guys are doing all of the right things. So it's even more of a reason to try out and eat your coffee bar. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to backtrack for just a minute. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when we're talking about Cafe Creole and what they're doing and, you know, when you're thinking about sustainability and ethically sourced and making sure that the ingredients that you're sourcing from are treating their employees right, they're treating their farmers the right way. um, I think that that's really starting to become more of a standard for people. You know, they're Mm -hmm. really kind of people who are doing their research about the snacks that they're eating. They really are looking for that. They're making sure that where their products are coming from are, are really doing the right thing. So with all of these different options, why did you choose Cafe Creole? Yeah. uh, So, I mean, that was a part of it. So they're actually, they're close to our manufacturing facility. So we were kind of introduced them through that way because we had been partnered with a few different organizations in the past. And uh, it was a mix of like, you know, we really liked what their story was. And we met, like we talked to the founder, uh, heard about like everything with, you know, their mission from, you know, where he started it back in 2012 to, you know, where they were able to grow it and how they've been able to partner with, with the farmers. So it kind of checked off all of our boxes. Plus it was um, you know, conveniently located right, right by our, our manufacturing facilities. So, uh, yeah, we, it was a, it was a mix of the both, but yeah, cause we've, we partnered with probably seven or eight different roasters over the course of our, um, our life lifetime, but they've been our one for the past almost two, two years now, two and a half years. So, you know, love working with them. We love what they do and we love what we're able to kind of help them do by buying coffee from them. Um, so it's, it's a, in our eyes, it's a, it's a small thing we can do to help them create, you know, a much bigger impact. That's awesome. So what do you think that they're doing better than maybe some of the other roasters that you were partnered with before? So it's hard to say better because, you know, they're all doing it in their own way and they're all helping their own part of the supply chain and everything. But, uh, we just really like how, like their direct uh, partnership with the farmers and how they're like giving back in the ways that you were saying earlier, you know, they're, they're actually getting the communities invested in the long-term initiatives that will help. And it's not just like providing aid. So it's those long-term things that we really appreciate, you know, in our, um, 
you know, small understanding of, of like social enterprise and all that kind of stuff. It's the uh, watching what they've been able to do, not only with their coffee farmers, but also at their own facility, you know, with the, with the people they employ. I think the, the overall thing from end to end, from operations to final product, it's just a great organization that we're, we're, we're proud to be partnered with. Well, thank you guys so much for making that decision to partner with them. I know it, it, it really shows in the quality of your product, but also it makes such an impact for the people who are involved, um, you know, for the workers, the farmers, the families that are benefiting from all of that. I know it is super appreciated. And I just wanted to recognize Eat Your Coffee Bar for making that decision uh, when other companies are definitely not making those choices. And again, I just want to reiterate that you guys are our model products to look towards if you are thinking about starting a snack product. You know, hopefully you have taken a lot from this conversation and all of the tips he's talked about just, you know, starting that from the beginning and how you can think about things and all of those different boxes that you can check off from the absolute ground level. So as a social entrepreneur yourself, you have been in this business for quite a while. I'm sure you've learned a few things here and there since the beginning. Do you have any first step tips for somebody who is thinking about getting into social entrepreneurship or they would like to introduce a social initiative into a business that they already have? Yeah, yeah. I mean, first, I wouldn't wouldn't self-describe as a social entrepreneur yet. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot more impact, you know, that... Uh, uh, so many others that, you know, are in that of that ill can do, but uh, we'd like to do our part and definitely want to make sure that the the social aspect is ingrained within our organization. But yeah, I think there's a lot of things. Uh, something that's been central to this conversation just from the beginning, it has to be ingrained because adding stuff as time goes on doesn't really create that big of an impact. You know, it's a CSR, the CSR initiative, you know, corporate social responsibility, which is great too. You know, that has a place in the world, but at the end of the day, if you want to create lasting impact and that's your goal as an entrepreneur or a social entrepreneur, then uh, that's something that you should you should think about from day one. How do you fit into the business model? How does it work with your you know unit economics to make sure that um, you're able to still have a business at the end of the day um, while still driving impact? Because if you don't have a business, then there's no impact. So you need to make sure that things on all ends are working on that side, and it can't just be um, pure you know charity in in some regard. So. Um, so yeah, I think that that'd be the one thing is like, think about how you can drive initiatives and also thinking about the, what you were talking about earlier with Cafe Crow and how they get buy-in from the communities. I think that's also central to what it is, whether or not you have a community that needs to be bought into that's, uh, making sure that there's impact beyond your contributions so that it's, it'll create a lasting life cycle for whatever the problem is that you're trying to solve. I think just thinking about it from the very, from the get-go, uh, and having it ingrained in everything. I think that's a perfect tip, especially for somebody who's getting started. You know, a lot of people who jump into social entrepreneurship, sometimes we can get a little narrow minded. We just have got the charity portion in our sites and we're just like, how can we, you know, do this and make sure that this is at the forefront. And sometimes a lot of the more important business aspects can fall in that um, in that goal setting and, you know, having this big picture look, but not really thinking about the details of how you're going to be able to give all of that to the people that you're thinking about or whatever your your charity situation is. Um, so I love that tip. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about Haiti and what's going on over there and their farmers, but for somebody who wants to kind of make an impact in maybe their local community, especially right now when we're not really able to get out and do a lot of the other things that we may have done mm -hmm. previously, um, do you have a suggestion 
suggestions for somebody who wants to get started in making a local impact? Um, yeah, I mean, there's so much, so much you can do. I mean, if you like just watch like the news, they always try to put some like, you know, I know if you can avoid the bad stuff in the news, there's still some, <laughs> some good stuff of like watching people in the local community that are giving back when it's exciting to see. I think small businesses, you know, you, like restaurants are hurting, uh, cafes are hurting, all these different places that normally you'd go into uh, to be able to every now and then within within your own means, uh, because that's different for everyone, uh, you know, be able to give back by supporting them and, and purchasing from them, whether it's through takeout or calling up or going to pick it up, whatever it is. But I think just continuing to be a contributing member of the community in whatever way that you possibly can and maybe you can't and in those scenarios um you know you could maybe get a little more creative if you're still itching to give back in some way but it's definitely a tough time for for a lot of people so i think uh you shouldn't feel bad if you're not you know able to is is what i think is central for people to to internalize as well but uh, if you can uh definitely yeah, eat out more <laughs> yeah supporting small business is going to be a really big deal this year i'm so glad that you brought that up because small business saturday is coming up soon so this is a good opportunity to make that difference you know make a shift instead of maybe just buying mass marketed things go to your local shops find where you can you know buy eat your coffee bars for stocking stuffers or you know choosing other snacks for stocking stuffers um, just buying local products in general shopping at those local shops a lot of shops this year have definitely made the transition to go online um, because that was the only way that they could do business for quite a few months so now you have that availability you don't even have to go out and go to those shops you can still yeah. support them online and with that in mind where can we shop with you guys yeah, so right now, uh, exclusively on our website, it's the easiest place, a website or Amazon at eatyour.coffee, no com, because we're so energized. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we've got some fun offers there. Yeah, we've got plenty of great you know, products, but we also have like a free trial that you can test out. Uh, you know, you got three, three of some of your favorite snacks you can choose and uh, just pay $3 for shipping. Um, and from then on, you just kind of, we can text and go back and forth and the, the texting's how you order. So keep it, keep it as simple and easy as possible. For yeah. I love that texting option that you guys have. Yeah. It makes it so <laughs> convenient. I know a lot of people are a little nervous about getting into the texting thing, uh, mm -hmm. but I love it. I think it's super convenient. I don't have to, you know, make sure that I have a strong internet connection or anything mm -hmm. like that. I could just text you guys and my orders in. I love it. So try it yeah. out. Don't be scared. <laughs> I know it's different, but you, yeah. you, know, you don't know. There's no more uh, username and password to think about. That's, yes. uh, that's another plus. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Because um, I know I have a million. So that yeah. makes it so much easier. So definitely try it out. Don't be scared. It's super convenient and you will love it once you get started doing it. And um, you guys actually have a subscription box as well, right? Or a subscription service. Yeah, yeah. So uh, with all the people that like sign up for our friends plan, which is that texting uh, thing. So you try three free and then it's like a trial for our friends plan. You get 15% off and free shipping on all orders uh, going forward. And then as the longer you see our friends, the more fun surprises we send along your way. You know, everything from a uh, little sock, you know, like uh, socks to put a pep in your step, EYC branded <laughs> socks to, uh, you know, more bars and discounts and other fun stuff like that. So the longer you stay on, the better friends have become. <laughs> That's so fun. I love that. Yeah. That's such a fun initiative because it's kind of like a surprise. You don't, you never know what's coming and it makes it exciting. Uh, yeah. I love that. So thank you for including that. And where is the best place to connect with you guys? Yeah. Uh, Instagram's great. You can just follow us at eat your coffee. 
um, you know, website. Um, yeah, but Instagram, Facebook, both are good. Awesome. So we will include that as always in the show notes for you guys. Uh, we'll have all of this information about where you can shop, where you can connect with them. And of course, all of the information that we've talked about here in the, in the time that we've been talking about eat your coffee. So Johnny, thank you so much for coming to talk about snacks with us and sharing all of your information. It's been a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening. You can find all of the information discussed in today's episode in the show notes. Just visit snackandpatchpodcast.com. To continue the snack conversation, find the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Snack and Pod.